0: Welcome to Tales, Tunes, and Tom Fullery, starring Jerry Springer. Along with Gene Galvin and me, I'm Megan Hills. We're recorded live in front of a brilliant studio audience at the Folk School Coffee Parlor in Ludlow, Kentucky. My daddy came home. And here he is, ladies and gentlemen, the one, the man. only, Jerry Springer.
1: Thank you. Oh, don't <laughs> yeah. please, please. Don't make me well up again. Hey, this is like this is special for for me tonight. Why is that? I mean, because Explain. in our in our audience, we finally, after all, for one year, I've been bragging about you know how good her cooking is and everything. <laughs> oh
2: no
3: no 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 no! Oh, and now so now it all changes. My huh? wife's
1: here, Mickey's here. Mickey's
2: here. here. Yeah,
3: Mickey. Yeah.
0: Mickey. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
3: Yeah. I know. Yes, I, and you know, Megan. <laughs> yep. For a year, you've been doing awful. Awful. No jokes about the, your spouse's cooking. It's true. No, now all did. of a sudden, oh, she's it's the best like, oh the
0: yeah. Oh yeah. no! Uh, only, <laughs> You're a sorry, only sorry, sorry, no, little that man. that bit Jerry about praying
1: <laughs> after meals. No.
0: <laughs> so sad. None,
1: none, none, of that is so true. Pathetic. You wanna
0: know something? What's that, Gene? And Jean? by the way,
3: there's my spouse too. Mary First yeah. wife oh, Yeah.
1: Okay. Okay. I'm surprised which, she which came smile? back. I thought
3: she was going to stay in Cuba.
2: But
1: I, oh, right. Well, yeah, they well, geez, both kept, were in Cuba.
3: Well, you, I know you kept talking about, I'm going to defect, I'm going to defect. And I'm like, why? What? <laughs>
1: You That's were the true. commie.
3: No, 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 not oh, me.
1: You wear a oh, you were. Oh, he folded we like a lawn chair, when we shirt? came
3: off the plane, <laughs> yeah. tell the truth, what did I do when we you came kissed. off the plane in, you in Miami? The
1: you kissed the ground. <laughs> I got down and kissed the ground. Yeah. <laughs> he certainly
3: did. Yeah, Either that or you were having a seizure.
1: I think you were having a seizure. I a Is he okay? Is he all right? Well, at his age. Well, it's
0: like you in Cuba when you're walking down the street and the guy stopped to help you. Oh, that was horrible.
1: <laughs> I was, was joking around, me. you know, like like I hurt my back, and I'm, and some guy came up to me, <laughs> and
0: <laughs> and <laughs> grabbed his arm, and grabbed
1: his arm. You okay? I was
0: yeah. And was, he didn't
1: know who you were because Cubans don't see the oh, TV bring that yet. up no, again. No no, no,
0: no,
2: no, I'm not I'm just
1: saying. Bring that. No, they could have known who I was. They were keeping quiet. They were being <laughs> they very polite. chose
3: to respect his privacy. You don't want to mention just one thing? You. I have always looked to you, Jerry, as my role model for relationships, because <laughs> wow. Mickey's here tonight, oh, and yeah. I've always admired, you know, the, I just wanted to follow your past, so... <laughs> and and then there's another person in my life yes. that's sort of similar to you, my uncle Thomas. Oh, what and happened with uncle Thomas? And he recently died by the way. Oh, I'm sorry. And I'm sorry. may his soul and all the souls of the faithful departed may they rest in peace. Amen, right, Megan? I hate you. Uh, so my I sister Catholic, can't. my sister Catholic over. There. Yeah.
1: Boys, we say yisked obvious gadashim rebul? Yeah.
3: <laughs> he thought what I just said was like a Bob Dylan lyric or something, but my uncle Thomas, I happen to be with him uh, oh, when the night died? that he died in the yeah. hospital. And it was a small room, and he called my Aunt Julie over, and he whispered into her ear, he says, uh, Julie, you've always been with me. You were with me all the time. You were with me when I lost my job. You were with me when I lost that business years after. When I lost our house, you were with me. When my health failed, you were yeah. with me. And then he whispered into her ear, You I think you're bad luck for me. <laughs>
0: Do not encourage this behavior. This was
1: page 37 uh-huh. of the uh, best jokes. Oh, my gosh. Uh, it's so painful.
0: Yeah. So painful. You can't come in <laughs> with new material, though.
3: <laughs> he doesn't. Oh, yeah? He
0: does oh, not. Oh, yeah. Do oh, something new.
1: Do okay. a new piece of material. Well, right we here. were just, before the show started, we were talking about, and one day we'll, we'll do a podcast on it, about how either how we met our wives or, or how we proposed to them.
3: That's a good idea, I Yeah. Mean, mm-hmm.
1: Do you remember what words you used when you proposed to uh, Bonnie?
3: absolutely remember, and she's sitting here, and she'll tell you, I said, I beg of you, marry me, and she said no, and that's the truth. And then yeah. she walked away. That, and she walked away, and then sometime later, she, I begged yeah. her, I beg yeah. of you, will you marry me, and she said
0: no.
1: Well, there's Not a, a smart woman. <laughs> yeah. You
0: broke her down, huh, Gene? Okay. Just wore her down. And <laughs> and wore
1: with me, it was a little different. I turned to Mickey, and I said, you're having a what?
0: Oh, no. No. It's a no. joke. What? A joke. <laughs> oh, what? <laughs> what? We're going to go over the definition of a joke again. That's a joke.
1: A a joke. Is there, don't you <laughs> it's have a, a joke. We're going to
0: revisit that. Isn't there something on your
1: brain <laughs> so like <bad>. a governor? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Nothing I can tell these you. jokes.
1: It is the furthest thing from the truth. But it's I just tell it. jokes. It's just so bad. You're having a what? <laughs> That's how I propose. Oh, for the
3: love! Hey, by of the God. way, we're on Facebook yeah, Live right now oh, on the these Jerry Springer podcast Facebook yeah. site. Yeah, go Facebook. We think we're live. Wait.
1: Come over here because they, they can't move <laughs> the camera. That's Jean, And, and maybe come up, over huh? here. I can't get out. She can't over there. Look at this. And there you go, see? Yeah, proves But the contract days. says they have to be off camera. Right. <laughs> I don't do any shows where there's anyone else on With the camera. Okay, you know, You know, you know a
3: serious yes. moment? Yes. When we were in Cuba. Oh, right. This and there's is... an episode in the archive, so if you want to hear about our Cuba trip, you can go to the archive. It's episode 56, I think. Anyway, this is serious. Mm-hmm. When we were leaving after a fantastic five days... We're at the airport. Our guide, Jesus, who is a native Cuban and a professional guide, email me at gene at jerryspringer.com. Gene is J-E-N-E, not G-E-N-E, J-E-N-E. And I'll give you his contact information. He's already gotten a potential customer from us because he's really good. He was amazing. He took us, and Jerry, you smartly said, Megan, I want to set this up, and then I want you to happen to you. Yeah. And if you heard the other podcast about Cuba, we joked – about we didn't see Megan for four of the five days. And that's true. <laughs> it went from, yeah. what, eight hours now to four yeah, days? It was four hours it was four to eight hours. Were you, 28 on, the, were hours. you on the trip? <laughs> I, was,
0: I was there, yeah. yeah. It was a lovely trip. Thank you both. <laughs> so
3: Jerry smartly said to Jesus when we got to the airport, hey, stick with us to because, you know, we don't speak the language. Make sure we get right just about onto the plane. He said, yeah, I'm going to do that. He got us right up to the ticket agents, which were American Airlines, Mm -hmm. though they are Cuban nationals who were working in the the airport. So we all sort of spanned out. Casey's talking to one agent? Bonnie and I are talking to another. You and Mickey are talking to another. Megan is talking to still another. You and Mickey get through. I'm sort of watching all this, you know, feeling like everybody's got to get through. Casey gets through. Bonnie and I get through. And then this happens.
0: Yeah. So I went to, and this is all very, very true, and I don't f- scare easily, and I was very frightened. Um, so I got up to the ticket agent, and they had my passport and visa and everything like that. And the gentleman looks at me, and he says, we, you're not, just says to me, you're not here. You're not here. You're not on the flight manifest. And I went, well, that, that's a problem. Um, so I'm standing there and I said, I, I really, I don't know what to do. I don't speak Spanish. You guys have all gone through the line. Is he speaking
3: English
2: to you?
0: He was broken. It was broken English. Yeah. So, I mean, enough that we could communicate. And he said, wait here. And I waited there for another minute and another gentleman came up and he took my passport and he, and the guy motioned for me to follow him to into this office, into this and room. You were gone
3: end. from our vision. Correct. We didn't know yeah, where yeah, you guys
0: were. were in line for which part for part of that check-in process, the second yeah. part. You
3: could have been on a van going to the gulag for all week. Very we much
0: so. Mm. Thank you, Gene, for acknowledging mm. that. <laughs> no, we didn't uh, know. <laughs> 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 no, and was, I was so, gonna
1: tell your parents that you were gone. You
0: are such a gem, <laughs> I tell you what. <laughs> so yeah, no, they had me in this little tiny room. I was the only one in there. I don't and the guy keeps like he's yelling, like like we do, when some when you don't understand somebody, what do you normally do? You raise your voice. So he's yelling at me in Spanish. I have no idea what's going on. And I'm there by myself. So I kind of start shaking a little bit. And I'm kind of tearing up a little bit. And the guy comes in and he looks at me and he just starts, are you sick? Are you sick? And I said, no, I'm not sick. I'm kind of scared. I want my passport back. So another few minutes goes by. I have no idea where Gene or Jerry or anybody else Before is. Before
3: you go on, yep. what were you thinking? Because I know what I might have been thinking. What were you thinking at that point? That- I, like,
0: honestly, like the first thing I thought, I was like, "Well, that's it. I'm stuck here. Like, they've yeah. got my passport. I don't speak the language, and I'm stuck here." That was like not having my passport in a foreign country, not just Cuba, anywhere. Um, I'm not comfortable with it. When we were in Italy. Like, you, you just you just hold on to that. That's your that's your lifeline.
3: But one more question before you go on. When you thought of the people who were with you, I'm going to name them: Casey, uh-huh. Gene, Galvin, mm-hmm. Jerry Springer. Did you say to yourself? I can relax a little bit because just like Fidel, remember we heard the story, you no, leave no revolutionary behind. Yeah. Guy washed off a boat at the beginning of the revolution. Fidel demanded they go back and get him, pull him into the boat. Then they went off and yeah. fought the revolution. Did you trust that we would Casey. not leave? <laughs> you trusted Casey. <laughs> yeah.
0: I felt real strong about Casey. Yeah, Bonnie yeah. and Mickey, I felt pretty strong about them. Yeah, yeah. You too. I didn't know if you would no. notice I was there or not. <laughs> no.
1: <laughs> when was this? <laughs> exactly. Exactly.
0: <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> okay, so. so so yeah, so I'm in this I'm in this little office thing and finally they, they get through and they say, Okay, so follow me and I still don't know what they're saying, but motions for me to follow. And I get out to the line to go through the actual customs where they stamp your passport and they take you through. And it's and if you've been through any customs, they always do this, but it's like this real kind of eerie, blocked off little single door, one in, one out yeah. sort of way. So I'm, once again, at the back of the line, we've reconvened. It's Jerry and Gene. We're all, okay, everybody's good. Everybody's great. Gene goes through with Bonnie. Jerry goes through with Mickey. Casey goes we'll tell through. Tell where we're going
3: through, because now we're going through electric doors, which are, are solid. You right. can't see. You can't see
0: on the other side. We're going
3: through customs now.
0: Right, And right. once
3: you go through that door, you don't come back the other way. Correct. And we all got through, and I was telling Jerry and Mickey driving over here, I was kind of stupid to, put, to allow you not to think you should have gone first.
0: I didn't even think about it.
3: We thought it was all cool, right? And then what happened? They stopped you there. They stopped me again. Second time. (laughs) Different people.
0: Different people. And she said the same thing. She was like, she was pulling up a list, and you're not on this list. So she goes and gets somebody else, and they come back over, not on the list. They bring back the other guy. So this is another. Probably 10 minutes, maybe. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't that long, but probably another 10 minutes. In the meantime, I'm like, okay, well, I don't know what's on the other side of the door. You guys could have been on the plane. I have
3: no idea. Yeah, we didn't know what was on the other I no side. no
0: idea. So well, finally, the- I mean, I got through, but it was, I mean, and then turns out our, our other the- tour guide, Jose, is sitting right there. We could have taken care of it. Everything could yeah. have been very simple, but we didn't know that. It's <laughs> the things
1: we take for granted yeah. that, oh, if there's a problem, I'll just take out my cell phone, cell phone right. and call, but the, our phones don't work there. Not well. Don't speak the language. Right. Where we really let it fall through the cracks is that... The second time. <laughs> well, we didn't have a number of somebody to call. Right. Where right. we could have given, even if you didn't uh, speak the language, you could point to this name with a number and say, you know, call this
0: Well, what was amazing person. was that woman that was in the, it was in the yeah, airport. This was,
3: let's explain that. So a woman from Montana, Missoula, yeah. Montana, who is a tour guide, who is an American... Who is good friends with Jose because they, mm-hmm. by happenstance, saw each other. and Which went, is just happenstance. happenstance. This was all and just. And yeah. when she came over to me, maybe yeah. Jerry, you sent her over and I was freaking out over this. And she said, Hey, can I help? And I said, We got to reach Jesus. I'm trying. Yeah. And the, actually, Verizon phones do work mm-hmm. in Cuba. You called back to the States. I did. I called back to the States. Yeah. They work. You just dial a number, and it goes. Yeah. Yep. Verizon. Verizon, yep. I tried to call Jesus, and I was getting Spanish recorded messages. You'd, then they translate it in English. You don't need to use one. Then I tried to without one. Then it says, you need the mm-hmm. country code. It was very frustrating. Yeah. Pretty freaky, pretty scary.
0: It was, it was a scary few – I mean, to it be was. sure, not having your passport in your hand, being in a foreign country, it was long. I mean, we had had a long, very tiring yeah. five days, so it was – you're tired, you're traveling. Oh, you
1: weren't sleeping those hours sorry. you weren't with us? I
0: swear to God. <laughs> yeah. and it the, was four hours. <laughs> yeah.
3: And the fact of the matter is, uh, there was there there was not we were not gonna leave you, and I mentioned that to right, you. And right. and Casey, who was in line, what he had come through immigration too. And, yeah. and I looked over at him because I was just freaking out on my own and I saw him and said, Yeah, I think we got a big problem. Right. It, a lot of people came through those doors, Megan. And you should have come through a long time ago, yeah. and I thought, we are screwed. Oh, we were. We okay. joked now,
1: but we were Casey scared. Casey
3: said, I wasn't going anywhere. I yeah. wasn't. Bonnie then said Casey. that. And the one person I didn't get to ask, and i like to ask you this on camera and on mic, uh, Jerry. <laughs> if you could turn the uh, turn camera towards back me. Turn it back to face Jerry. Yeah. Okay, good shot of Jerry. And Jerry, yeah. look at the camera yes. there, the yeah. Facebook live camera. And what is the question? Tell would through would, our live feed would
1: I have left Megan in Cuba? That's the question. Yeah. That uh, was the answer. Yeah. Well, I wasn't going to, but Madam Secretary was on that night uh, back in the <laughs> States, and I didn't want to miss that episode. So, But for that, I would have stayed. <laughs> had it been would a Monday. For <laughs> the, that, had it been a Monday, what do I watch on Mondays? I would, I would, have, I would I have been there for you. I appreciate that, Mr. Springer. We never would have left
0: you. I appreciate By that. the way,
3: new segment coming up, and I now need people to email me questions for a new segment that's going to happen maybe the next time we record, which is next week and that is ask the Cuban socialist. If you have a question you would like to ask a Cuban socialist You can about call him on socialism. You can yeah. use Verizon yeah, you and can. get a call. <laughs> but if you email us, again, gene at jerryspringer.com. Remember, gene is with a J, so J-E-N-E at jerryspringer.com. Send in your questions that you'd like asked of a socialist. Then the next time, we're going to arrange to have Jesus on the phone mm-hmm. yeah. from Cuba on a cell phone, and we're our audience is going to have a chance to meet him. He speaks perfect English, uh, lived in Cuba his whole life. Uh, and he will give honest answers to questions, uh, yeah. and, and they really could be
0: serious a, questions, and I this guy is, be, yeah, and, and yeah. he's so intelligent. in the conversations that we had, yes, oh, yeah, so he really serious is. University right. training was at
3: a yeah. school for dignitaries, yeah. His, yeah. his friends are all, uh, embassy officials around the world, yeah. so. He's very, very intelligent, smart. and
0: you really should bring in, like, write in good, solid questions because he can yeah. answer them, and it's a good conversation. And it's
1: called what? Ask the socialist. Ask the Cubans. And socialist, if we can't get yes. through to him, we'll put Bernie on. There we go.
3: <laughs> and and that's right. Um, and uh, it just...
1: <laughs> it just rolls off. <laughs> just <laughs> it can't nonsense. Stop it. <laughs> it can't. It's a disease.
0: It truly is. <laughs> it's yeah, it's disease. something
3: I've noticed. That what? Mo- what? <laughs> what?
0: <laughs> they got they got stuff for that now, Jerry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
3: It is maybe Tourette's.
0: Well, not if you Tourette. want
3: to put a clinical term yeah. to it. Yeah, yes, he does. He <laughs> yeah. But and you know, what? I've noticed this, Jerry, yes. and Megan, you probably have noticed this too. Most human beings, you know, they have some sort of restrictor plate, if we're talking NASCAR or a governor, where you just don't say, you, you stop at a point.
1: Your brain checks you. There's right. a filter. There's a filter. There are breaks and on it.
3: It's just like. That's Just what he's missing. Whatever.
1: <laughs> I came without breaks. You can't kind of, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I have no breaks. So true. Yeah. It's amazing.
3: Did it's uh, traveling thing. to Cuba help you see the Donald Trump syndrome any more clearly? Do you think, for example, and by the way, we we're talking before we started this episode that the Real Clear Politics average, RealClearPolitics dot com, amazing site. They're they're really not biased in any direction and they just are data freaks, they're data nerds. So they are they one of the things they do is they take all the polls that are being done and head to head races between Hillary and Trump and they average all of them. And the average today on May twenty fourth is that Trump is ahead, slightly. Might be within the margin of error, but now he's ahead. So okay. what's your latest
1: you well, know, on worries
3: that, or Well sure
1: on like any American, I would be worried. Um, But just on that point about the polling, it's important to remember now that you can't really take a poll of Hillary against uh, Trump at this point because Trump is the last man standing. Trump is the Republican nominee and there's no one running against him. So he's got this time now to try and get the Republicans to get behind him and at least the Republicans that aren't for him to keep quiet. You've got to understand in the Democratic primary right now, you still have, even though Bernie won't get the nomination, you have a significant part of the party that is still very much Bernie. And at this point, they're not going to say gee, I'm going to vote for Hillary, they're they're going to say, you know, when you're in the middle of a campaign, you don't say that kind of stuff. By the way, if you look at the number of all these polls, the percentage of Sanders people that say they won't vote for Hillary is a lot lower than the percentage of Clinton people in 08 that said they weren't going to vote for Barack Obama. A lot lower. And yet, obviously, when the election came, the Clinton people all came around and they wound up voting. So, you know, I'm not going to at this point say, oh, my gosh, it's all over and all that. So I, I still have hope that in the end, America will, in a sense, come to its senses or whatever and realize without even personally attacking Trump, I'd like to go a little bit further on this. And it's a theory. But stay with me on this theory. I believe Donald Trump is dangerous for America. I believe he is a threat to America. And let me put it in perspective so it's not like I'm going crazy here. Uh, There are basically two ways that nations are formed. A nation can be formed because of shared culture, ethnicity, uh, race, religion, its history. And all of a sudden, that throughout history has become a country. And even if you change the government, it doesn't change what the country is. So, for example, you could change the government of France, and the people would still be French. You could change the government of Spain, the people would still be Spanish and Cuba changed the government in Cuba. Cuba, the Cuban people are Cuban, period. So they it's this shared culture and traditions that they have, religion, ethnicity, etc. That's one way. The other way a nation is formed is basically through monarchies or kings or dictators when they are fighting over land and They want to be larger and more powerful and they go to war and the spoils of the war is that they now control that and they become part of that country. Dictators. So, for example, let's even go to the past 100 years. And what made me think about this is this weekend was the 100th anniversary of the Sykes-Picot Agreement. Now, no one remembers what that was about but let me just tell you for a second. In World War I, the allies, the, the Entente, the, the group that, the side that we eventually went into World War I and fought beside was England, France, and Russia. And This side, we were fighting Germany, Austria, Italy, and uh, the, the Ottoman Empire, which is Turkey, okay? So it was us against the central powers, By about 1916, it looked like that our side was going to win. And two diplomats, a French diplomat and a British diplomat, the British one being Sykes, the French one being Picot, they had a private meeting. And this is ludicrous to think this is how the world operates. But they sat down in this room and literally took out a map And they knew that the Ottoman Empire after this war was going to be over, the Ottoman Empire being Turkey and then the Arab lands and a little bit of the Balkans. But they knew that the Ottoman Empire had dissolved, that they were going to lose this war. So they sit down and they draw a map and they say, we have to promise the Arab land something if we want them to be on our side so we'll say they can have independence be arab countries or whatever but they have to be under the influence of the winners so these two guys draw a line in the sand and in the in the middle east and they said above this line will be french protectorates and so they gave them what became syria and lebanon and they said anything south of this line we give to the british because the British wanted the oil, so they gave them Jordan and Mesopotamia, which is Iraq. And that's how they made a country, with no thought about the people that lived there, the fact that there were Sunnis and Shiites and all these different religions, all these different uh, um, entities and cultures. They just threw them together and said, you're a country. The point is, when dictators or winners of wars put countries together, these are fake countries that continue to exist only so long as the dictator stays in power. So therefore, when communism fell, Yugoslavia fell apart. And the six republics of Yugoslavia, uh, Bosnia, Herzegovina, Serbia, Montenegro, uh, Macedonia, I'm forgetting some, uh, Croatia, uh, Slovenia. As soon as Tito fell and communism fell, there was no Yugos- there's no Yugoslavia anymore. They're all independent republics. When communism fell in 1989, there's no more Soviet Union anymore. And all the republics of the Soviet Union became independent. Now, how is this relevant to what is going on right now? The one exception to what I have said, how you form a country, you either form a country because of a shared culture, which is what a lot of the countries we know, most countries are like that. And the other way is through dictators or winners in wars that create countries out of thin air and say, you're now a country even if there's no mix. There's only one exception on the planet Earth to that form of starting a country. You are in it. The United States of America is the only nation ever to have been created by an idea. The idea, as espoused by Thomas Jefferson and the Declaration of Independence, is that all men are created equal. And that we ought to have individual rights. And those are God-given. That was the goal. But that is the idea America we have always been an idea, an ideal. It has never been about anything else because the truth is we aren't of the same religion. We aren't of the same ethnicity. We aren't, we're everything. We were, became the Statue of Liberty. We weren't pure in the beginning, so we had to amend constitutions and have civil wars to do away with slavery and ultimately to give women uh, the vote. And ultimately, you know, all the freedoms we've moved towards over the past 200 years. But we are an idea, the only nation on earth created by that. Now, I started out by saying that Donald Trump is a threat to the United States of America. And I'm not sure he's even aware of it because he goes around with this ridiculous slogan, we're going to make America great again when in fact, what he is proposing is to destroy the idea America. When you wanna replace the Statue of Liberty with a wall, when you want to say Muslims, you're not welcome in this country, when you wanna say that we're gonna deport 11 million Mexicans, that is exactly opposite to what the idea America is. If we no longer respect the idea America, then we are nothing more than a piece of land with tribes, which is exactly what's going on in the Middle East. They've got the Sunnis, they've got the Shias, they've got ISIS, they've got all these groups. America will move in the direction of being tribal. We'll have one third of the nation being Hispanic one-third of the nation being African-American and Asian, one-third of America being black. That will happen in the next 20 years. We are now just a land of tribes, and don't think that it's always going to be friendly. If Trump gets his way and starts trying to deport 11 million people, do you understand how that's done Do you think that's going to happen without violence? Right now, we deport people from the United States because they're criminals. They don't have citizenship, but they're criminals. Those are the ones that we are physically deporting now. That process takes about two years because we have constitutional rights now. So, for example, you can't just say, where are your papers? You don't have them. You're out of the country. There's a court proceeding. It's got to be fought out in court. That takes about two years. Where do you put the people in the meantime? You're not talking about a couple of thousand that you have to deport. Now you're talking about 11 million. How many thousands of courts will you have to create? How many thousands of judges will you suddenly have to vet and, and let them become judges Who's going to go? Are we going to have a police state where we knock on the doors and say, oh, where are your papers? And if not, at gunpoint, remember Elia uh, Gonzalez. Gonzalez, remember that? That was one kid. Picture, picture going into Hispanic communities and going door to door finding out who's a citizen and who's not. Now you say, we can't have profiling, it's unconstitutional. So that means all Americans will have to start carrying papers on them. You get stopped at a traffic light, or a traffic violation, wear your papers. And you can't just arrest people that look Hispanic. So now you're talking thousands of courts, and I haven't even started talking about what we have to do to build the wall. You start dragging people out of their homes. Mom wasn't born here, but the kids were. And dad's American. The mom doesn't have papers. She's got to go. She came here illegally, let's say. You're going to take a mother away from the kids? You think they're just going to sit back and say, okay, we'll go. Sorry, bye, kids. You don't think some of them will get violent? You think there's violence now between uh, police officers and the black community back and forth? What when you have 11 million people that you're threatening? This is nuts. We will become tribes. This isn't just about the election. This is about what Donald Trump is talking about. I don't care if you're Democrat, Republican, conservative, liberal. If you have any respect for the idea of America, this is the worst thing you can think of. It's the most unpatriotic thing you can think of. Why do you send your sons and daughters to fight and die in these wars if you don't believe in the idea of America? He's dangerous for America. So let's stop worrying about, oh, what's this going to do to the Republican Party? Oh, what's going to happen in the next election? It's much bigger than that. We are telling this generation of young Americans that we're only kidding about America really being a melting pot. Anytime somebody talks to you about deporting 11 million people, get pissed off. It's un-American. That's it.
3: Hey, uh, you know, I keep remembering that you were born in England and you can't run for president.
1: However, I am today announcing my candidacy. (laughs)
3: With with that Bobby Kennedy accent, too. Yes. As as you slide back. I slide right into that. that. Hey, did you know that uh, we're not really sure Facebook No, it's
0: working. I'm reading some of the comments. Oh, no. Yeah, Jerry's dropping that knowledge was just written. (laughs) Oh, good.
1: Well, that's good, Good. Uh Who
0: was it? It was us. I owe owe him money,
1: that's why. Yeah,
0: Yeah. yeah, so there are comments. It's working. Yeah,
3: good. Hey, by the way, uh, did you know that this building, and I think Catfish, I can see standing there, was it (laughs) that he turns the other way? Folk School (laughs) Coffee Parlor was was a Jewish deli when they made Lost in Yonkers? This was a
1: Jewish deli?
0: With dead chickens
3: in the window.
0: for Lost in Yonkers, that's a cute
3: Lost one. in Yonkers. Well, and, and it the was filmed right here? I yeah, didn't know Some that. of the local people, and, and, you know, this is just... Well, rubber. when you think
1: of a Jewish community, you think of Ludlow, Kentucky.
0: First,
3: first, first, <laughs> yeah. first thing on my mind. <laughs> that's true. And yeah. not everybody was a fan. I'm not even going to say it. There was a famous actor who was here, and, and the locals ragged on him. I'm not not going to mention his name. It's not fair. Uh um, well, you have to. Well, I could. I mean... <laughs>
0: I mean, oh, no, I'm not going to do it. Come on, right Richard Dreyfus. No, 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 stop
3: that! Stop that! <laughs>
0: Thanks, Kat. Stop that,
3: because that's just rumor anyway. <laughs> hey, uh, Jerry. Yes, Jean. I, I know you. You talked a couple <laughs> episodes ago about how you spent time in jail. We were all shocked, but in fact, you did. And then I heard that you. I didn't hear. I know you have been homeless in your life, and people don't know about that. And in fact, I got to set this up the right way because we're not going to make fun of homeless people. I know I'm not. No, I'm not. Uh, But tell (laughs) us, tell our listeners about how you spent some nights Uh homeless in Cincinnati.
1: Yeah, well, uh, just quickly, um, I guess it was, it could have been 1989, something like that. I was anchoring the news here in Mm -hmm. Cincinnati. Uh, On the NBC affiliate, On the NBC affiliate, and I would do the news every night. And, you know, when you do the news, you do uh, special projects. And, um, you know, I was a flaming liberal even then. Um, but one of the issues was homelessness, as occurs every place, and certainly in big cities. And so I wanted to do a feature on that.
3: And you proposed that, by the way? Is that yes. why you put yeah. in the context if you were a liberal? So you right. said, hey, so I, you I, deal with this I, issue.
1: Right. I went to the uh, news director, and I said, I'd like to do a series uh, on homelessness. And what I suggested is that I, because I was known by then, because I'd been mayor and on the news, so people would recognize me. And so what I did is we worked out where I would have a disguise. And the disguise, uh, oh, my God, I look like Casey. Well, oh, my God.
3: <laughs> In the disguise.
1: Yeah.
0: Casey what? has a beard. Casey. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, I'll nice. I'll tell you the truth. I never looked like Casey. <laughs> yeah, you wish you that's, did. That's yeah. that's that true. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I looked like Henny Youngman. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but what we did is how did you get the
3: disguise? Yeah. Well,
1: the theater department at the University of Cincinnati uh, really changed my look totally. I mean, they went all out well, that's and cool. they put on a beard that would not come off. I mean, a real beard changed my hair. I mean, you could not recognize me. I'll tell you a story. In fact, and then I was out on the streets for seven days. Oh, wow. No, yeah, six days maybe. I think it was six. And uh, six days, uh, and they gave me $3. And the rule was that I had to stay out on the street. In other words, I couldn't go home. And uh, I had $3. So in other words, I would have to beg for money in order to be able to go and eat or go to a soup kitchen or whatever, and get the experience. Now, let me say before going any further, I did not for one second believe that doing that, I would really know what it's like to be homeless, because the truth of the matter is, I knew when it was all over, I would go to a lovely home again, and my family and all of that, and... You know, if worse came to worse, I could. No one knew I was doing the series. I could just stop and say, "I can't do this anymore."
3: So, you could go get in your car, even,
1: right? yeah, which it, was well, my I couldn't kind of car find at a, the time. Well, I couldn't find a place to park the Bentley. <laughs> yes, so, uh, <laughs> <Stay there.
0: laughs> no, I did. There he is. There he there is. There's the Jerry we know. That's our Jerry. There's the Jerry we That's know, our know and Jerry. love. Yes.
1: <laughs> No, so I didn't for a second think that at all. What I wanted to do is bring attention and see what I could learn about how they actually live on the street. So I did. So for those six, seven days, whatever, I lived on the street. I started with $3 and I would, one night I, you know, I would sleep on a park bench. I would sleep under a railroad trestle uh, one night I slept at. Uh, we have a uh, the
3: drop-in, center drop-in center for homeless people.
1: For homeless people, uh, which, by the way, of all the places I slept at night, for me that was, in a sense, the most uncomfortable. Oh, I that. because you get a you back then you got literally a mat that you know I guess people work out on. Like I never band, worked anything. at. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and and you're right up next to. There were like three hundred men. And none of us smelled very good. and none of us, So I had all the middle class uh, sensibilities and, oh, this, you know. So yeah. for me, that was, frankly, the most difficult. But I hung out with all these other homeless guys. And so I would hear their stories. They didn't know who I was because I was all in this disguise and i learned quite a bit about what what their lives are really like which makes it very difficult to walk down the street and not respond to someone that says hey you got a couple of bucks you know one of the things among men at least at that time and i don't think it's changed much many of the men either have a drug problem or an alcohol problem and they are down and out and You know, how many middle-class people say, well, I'm not going to give them any money because they're going to go out and drink. And after doing that just for one week, I got to tell you, who wouldn't want to drink living like that? So let's not get all hoity about, well, I wouldn't act like that. You know, you're living like that with no sense of hope, no sense that it's really going to turn around, I'm going to have a good day. It's a horrible, horrible existence. And here we are in the United States of America and why is anyone without a place to live? Why is anyone? Because here's what gets me about poverty here and poverty in other places around the world, like in Africa or whatever. In some places, the poverty problem is because there really is no water or there really is no food or there really is no housing. Here in America the homeless people are living in cities where they're leaning up against houses, where the grocery store is literally a block away with shelves filled with food. So when people are hungry in America, it's not because we don't have food. That's how poverty is different here than elsewhere. The only reason people are, you know, we have the poverty we do here is because we have chosen either by neglect or whatever, not to really do anything about it. Mm -hmm. We know how to feed people. We know how to build a shelter. We know how to get them to a doctor. All these problems that we have, we really do know how to cure. It's a moral problem. We just haven't made it a priority. Mm -hmm. So we can't compare poverty here. You know, when years ago we went to uh, Africa with uh, Cincinnati Reaches Out, and that's a separate story. We'll talk about that a different day. But there, good Lord, what can we do? They hadn't had rain in four years. There's no food growing. There's no sanitation. There you got really difficult problems where the rest of the planet has to somehow save these people. But here in America, it is just unconscionable. And so that was the purpose of that series, just... Because every night, then we had we did all kinds of specials on it, and
3: it was really popular too. I mean, I remember it when it happened. Mm-hmm. It was very heavily watched. And-
1: one kind of funny part, well, no, I would stand in front of an executive office, in front of some of the office buildings downtown. I think one of them was the Cincinnati, Cincinnati Inquirer building, building at yeah. lunchtime.
0: Oh my God! And
1: of course, See your friends? I'm, yeah, <laughs> and I would stand there because we had a hidden camera. Oh yeah, I didn't tell you that. The camera was on me uh, 24 hours a day. Except I, when you got in the Bentley, they,
2: they,
3: would, yeah, turn they, it they off. would turn the it Bentley off. Yeah, they would turn
1: it hour. No, they, 24 hours because I had a cameraman with me uh, with a hidden camera in a satchel, but he would be there eight hours a day. So they went on eight hour shifts. And then, you know, he would go home and another one would come. So there was always a camera, even when I was sleeping or whatever. And so the camera was always on, and I would, which really wasn't fair, I would at noontime stand outside the Enquirer <laughs> building. And as my buddies came by, all these good executives yeah. asked him for a dollar. And they never knew who you were. Oh, Did buzz give off. the yeah, really? hell? <laughs> Whatever. <gasps> and oh, had they had yeah. to recognize me. Oh, yeah. oh, my they God. They didn't recognize yeah. me, so good. it was great.
2: Good. Good How's friends. That's a good there, story. Yeah. Good friends.
1: Oh, I'm a good friend. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah. Hey. To a transition to a group we had tonight, it's a very unique group. First of all, let me give you their name. I'm going to spell it. So if you want to look these guys up, you're going to need some help on the spelling. The group is called Dog Yop, and it's spelled D A W G for dog, and Yop is Y A W P. And Dog Yop, you're going to hear, they're doing roots music but they're doing it with a sitar Uh and a guitar for all you beatles fans Uh back Uh in that era yeah Yeah. so uh guys do us a song start
1: us off please
4: sure this song's called i want to be a dog thank you very much for having us
1: sure thank you guys
4: I wanna
2: be a dumb. I wanna be a dumb. I wanna be a dumb. I wanna be a
4: Sitting down by the river, a mile from my home. I got this girl beside me, but it's all I got nothing at
2: all. I don't want to be a tree. Where all the cats? I wanna
4: be a dog. I wanna be a a dog.
1: Tremendous! This is the first time in my life I don't regret being called a dog. <laughs> <laughs> I got to tell
3: Dance you, all night, yeah. all
0: night, 7:30, same are amazing. as the nine.
3: <laughs> that's Dog Yap, and that's Tyler Randall on you sitar. Are... That was
0: amazing. Rob Keenan.
3: Oh. Yeah. Rob Keenan on guitar, and uh, they've got. They got a bunch of stuff, a bunch of releases out uh, East Virginia blues and can't think uh two hearted they've got upcoming shows, a lot of places
1: uh do a second song, would you
4: sure, yeah, actually uh just putting on this capo I made for the sitar huh
1: when uh, did you if I could just ask one question Sure. Uh, how did you start on that because it wasn't uh, the first instrument you played? no you, no, what is the process by which someone says i guess you played the guitar
4: i played guitar uh first in mandolin oh, yeah okay. um and actually i met rob when i was a freshman in high school yeah so about eight nine years ago something like that where yeah. was that where'd you go to high turpin school turpin high school
3: Turpin High School oh, here logo. in the cincinnati area yeah. 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 mm-hmm. my son and daughter graduated from there as a matter really? of fact yeah
4: yep that's where it met. And, and you know
3: Dave Schneider, who is up in uh, Woodstock, Schneider. New York. He's yes, an old he student of mine from a hippie school called <laughs> the New Morning School way back.
4: I talked to him today. He told me all about that school. Yep. He said yeah, none right. of the great yeah. things. said it was a magic place. And Wonderful. without Wonderful. Dave so Schneider, can- the sitar, because mine is, is a bit different. It's chromatic. I've added frets so I can play all 12 notes of a Western scale. Um, he helped me get my strap finalized. And helped me get my capo all sorted out
3: he's a luthier if people want to track him down he's in woodstock he's new in york, woodstock new york and he's, and he's the amazing. best there is yeah okay good
4: but just to answer your question i heard it on the the beatles within you without you yeah and i was just getting into music realizing that music was what i wanted to do and i just met rob who had been into music for a long time and i heard that instrument on it and i thought it was an electronic instrument or produced i had no idea i was like no that's a sitar man and you should check out Ravi Shankar. So he gave me some Ravi Shankar CDs and it took a long time. It took about six months to get it in tune for the first time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: How, how do you get that through airport security? Funny you
4: should, <laughs> well, funny you should ask because we were just in Seattle for a yeah. friend's wedding. And uh, talk about homelessness. It's, it's yeah. tense yeah. everywhere. And I was wondering what, why. But um, it goes right through the... Like I set it down, it barely fits through the x ray.
2: Yeah, wow. It's pretty fun. You always have to gate check it with a pink tag. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, got to.
4: Or...
3: Do a second song for us. Sure, yeah. this
4: one's East Virginia Blues, an old song we first heard done by the Tillers.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah. We do it a
4: bit from their Live at the Southgate House album. We do it a bit faster, but one, two. I was born in East Virginia,
2: North Carolina, I didn't
4: know.
0: There I met a
4: very young lady, her name and age I didn't know. You know her hair, hair was dark in color, and her cheeks were rosy red. And on her breath she wore white lilies. Where I've
2: <laughs> to lay my head <laughs> Now Molly Dee yeah. here,
4: go ask your mother She'll
2: she be my, my brother, brother.
4: no I'll come back and tell me and hey, no, i'll run away with me no i will go ask my mother when she lies on her bed of breath, in her hand she holds a dagger to kill a man I'll just get some blue-eyed boatmen For to row me over the tide And I'll go back to East Virginia North Carolina in my home And I'll go back to East Virginia We North
0: Carolina
4: home
2: I don't want
4: you out your chin. All I want you your love, darling. Please say, take me back again. For you know, I want to see you. At my door, you're welcome again. And at my gate, I'll always greet you. For you're the girl I tried to, to win. Me.
3: <laughs> Dog, yeah, uh, Robin Tyler. Thanks a lot, guys. Take us out on uh, Lead Bellies. Irene, good night. Cool. Oh, that Springer, is a perfect song. For the first for time in the history of the world mm-hmm. is going to sing Done. with a sitar back- <laughs> <laughs> backing. That's yeah. so cool. Yeah. <laughs> 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 That's so neat. Start the chords
4: <laughs> while I get in a little bit. Staying out late at night Go home to your wife and your
0: family Stay down by the far side of life You've been listening to Tales, Tunes, and Tomfoolery. Recorded live at the Folk School Coffee Parlor in Ludlow, Kentucky. Thanks to Patrick Kennedy for writing Good our opening song and to you for listening. Check out our website, at jerryspringer.com.
1: It's Sometimes I live, I am the country and sometimes i live in town sometimes i take a great notion to jump in the river and drown.